Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. As we prepare to read the scripture, let us go to God in prayer. Loving God, your spirit moves like water. And so we pray this morning that it would pour over us. As your word is read and proclaimed, that it would refresh us, that it would wash over us anew, and that it would give us life to live as you have called us to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Trouble on the seas. It's a classic tale, one we see in literature and throughout movies. In fact, Disney employs it often. Whether it's in Frozen or The Little Mermaid, you can imagine that if someone is going to get in the boat, that trouble is going to arise. And it's a classic part of the Gospels as well. After all, Jesus didn't call a group of religious scholars. He called fishermen for his disciples. And so a lot of their time is going to be spent in a boat. Three of the four Gospels record this story of Jesus walking on the water. But Matthew is the only one who includes Peter's experience. Matthew presents for us the classic tale of trouble on the seas. Except 
a storm on the Sea of Galilee isn't really that big of an issue for this group of fishermen. It is not the storm that is actually the issue of trouble. The trouble comes when faith encounters fear. When I became a mom, I really began to see firsthand this trouble of balancing fear and faith. In case you don't know, I'm a little competitive. Okay, I'm a lot competitive. (laughs) And when I had a child, several of my friends were also having babies with me. And I wanted desperately for Davis to hit those milestones before my friend's children did. And he kept missing the mark. So when it came time for walking, I was determined Davis was going to be the first of his crib mates to take a step. And so, like any good parent, I encouraged him on. I would offer words of praise when he would stand. I gave him walk-behind toys. I would practice, as parents do, using both of my fingers and letting him take steps. But as soon as I would pull a finger away or push the walk-behind toy just a step or two ahead, Davis would melt down crying. Those things that he trusted in were being taken away from him, and his fear was taking over. He wasn't ready, and he made sure to let me know it. It took several months for him finally to reach that place where he had more faith in his ability than he had fear in falling. He had to balance that headspace of faith and fear. In our gospel lesson this morning, there's plenty of reason for our disciples to be in a headspace of fear. You see, just a few days earlier, John the Baptist had been beheaded. And while the disciples weren't his followers, he was definitely preaching a message that pointed to Jesus. There's also plenty of reason for the disciples to be in a headspace of faith. You remember our passage starts out immediately, he sent them away in the boat and then he dismissed the crowd. This is the crowd where he fed 5,000 by the miracle of multiplication. There is reason for them to be in a headspace of faith. In fact, When you read the Gospel of Matthew straight through, the disciples seem not to really get it a lot. They've been given more than enough reason to trust Jesus. And yet, at seemingly every opportunity, fear creeps in. And if we take a step back and look at our own lives, we'd probably see that that's true for us, too. We have an abundance of reason to trust God, but inevitably, fear creeps in. Into this whirlwind of fear and fate on the stormy seas of Galilee, at about three o'clock in the morning, the disciples see a figure coming to their boat, walking on water. 
And it is this figure that causes seasoned fishermen to be afraid. And honestly, I don't blame them. Into this battle of fear and faith, they hear Jesus speak. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus offers words that speak both to their faith and their fear. In the midst of the chaos of their mourning, Jesus doesn't say, peace be still to the storm. Jesus speaks to remind them that they are not alone. Hey guys, it's me. I'm right here with you. And oh, what words of comfort they are, because this is the promise that they've seen over and over again in the stories of their faith. God is present and at work in the chaos of water. When the earth was a formless void, out of the chaos, God made sky and sea and raises up land. In the chaos of the flood, God sent rays of hope. In the struggles of their ancestors fleeing from Egypt, God was present at the crossing of the Red Sea, offering salvation from Pharaoh's army. And when at last the people came to the Jordan River, God was present as they crossed into the Promised Land. So when Jesus says, Take heart, it is I. The disciples don't just get that warm fuzzy of a friend being present with them. They get a jolt of faith, being reminded that just as God was present with their ancestors during the watery chaos, God was present as Jesus walked toward their boat. Enter Peter, our case study for how we are to balance fear, and faith. When he hears Jesus' words, he is quick to respond. And honestly, when I used to listen to the words of Peter, I thought he was trying to test Jesus. But the more I read this story, the more I think his words are rooted in risk-taking faith. You see, if God is really with us, then I can do the impossible. And if God is with me in the chaos of life, then I want to do all I can to be as close as I can to God. And so Peter speaks up and says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And like that, Peter acts in faith. Jesus says, come, and he is out of the boat and walking on water. Risk-taking faith. But, as we all know, Peter isn't perfect. And something happens as he begins this journey of risk-taking faith across the water. Maybe he had his eyes on Jesus 
and he decides to look down in pride at his feet. Perhaps a wave begins to shake him and he gets scared because he realizes this isn't something that's natural. Whatever it is that causes Peter's fear and begins to make him sink, he teaches us a lesson in risk-taking faith. You see, Peter doesn't begin to sink and then try to struggle to get back to the boat. Peter doesn't try to kick his feet and get back up on top of the water, regaining his balance and continue walking to Jesus. No. When Peter begins to sink, he cries out for help. Lord, save me. And without missing a beat, Jesus does exactly that. In the midst of Peter's struggle, God is present and there to save. Oftentimes, I think we hear Jesus' next comment and think that it's a statement that if we are to be a people of faith, we can never have doubt. But when we look at the actual meaning of the word Jesus is used here for doubt, it means being double-minded. And so it's as if Jesus is saying to him, Peter, why did you let your fear become greater than your faith? And risk-taking faith, there will be moments of fear. The challenge for us is to hold fast to the promise that we are not alone. And therefore, we do not need to let our fears take over of the opportunities to step out in faith. William Willimon, a professor at Duke Divinity, puts it this way. If Peter had not ventured forth, had not obeyed the call to walk on the water, then Peter would never have had this great opportunity for recognizing Jesus and being rescued by Jesus. I wonder if too many of us, he goes on to say, are merely splashing about in the safe shallows and therefore have too few opportunities to test and deepen our faith. The story today implies if you want to be close to Jesus, you have to venture forth out on the sea. You have to prove his promises through trusting his promises, through risk and venture. And so I wonder, in the troubled seas of life, what would it take for you to be bold enough to say to God, tell me and I'll step out in faith. What would it look like for us as a congregation to embody that risk-taking faith like Peter? 
Just as Jesus reminded the disciples that they were not alone in the midst of the storm, we too have the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. We are not alone in the struggles. And friends, we don't let fear drive us. Because even when we're in the midst of struggles that may be of our own making, the God who saves is right there with us, ready to reach out and pull us up. Take heart. God is with us. Do not be afraid. So as we work to figure out each day how to be followers of Jesus. May we be heartened by the imperfect example of Peter, and may we embody the same risk-taking faith, confident that God is with us in every storm. To the glory of God. Amen.